Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Welcome back to the show. Glenn and Neil with you up until noon today. Our international news review joining us today, Steve Oaken, the senior advisor at McClarty Associates, and Tricia Craig, vice president of engagement and senior lecturer in social sciences at Yale and U.S. Tricia, good morning to you. Uh, U.S. Uh, Supreme Court this week. A bombshell document was released uh, surreptitiously saying that the court wanted to go ahead and uh, and strike down Roe versus Wade, which was a landmark decision 50 years ago, um, making abortion, the right to abortion, legal. Steve, take us through uh, briefly just what exactly happened with this memo that, that was uh, released. So, so, Steve, sorry, take us through again uh, just the, the overview of what happened this week. Well, a draft opinion was released. This has never happened before uh, in, in the history of the Supreme Court. And so this is where the justices uh, write um, and, and try and figure out where they want to come out on a decision. And this draft opinion, if it became final, would become the first time in history in the United States that a constitutional right has been erased. Um, under the Constitution and the 14th Amendment of the Constitution in particular, Americans have the right to liberty. And what has been found in, in the last century is that this right to liberty can only exist if it is linked to things like personal privacy, autonomy, uh, and equality. And so what the Supreme Court has been doing over 100 years is saying that the constitutional rights that come from the right of liberty include things like the right to marry whoever you want, uh, be it interracial marriage, which used to be illegal in states, um, you know, same-sex marriage, which used to be illegal uh, in states until very recently. And 50 years ago, um, they found that women had uh, the right to have a personal choice when it comes to whether or not to have children. Um, and what this opinion has said is because the right to abortion did not exist in the 1860s, Therefore, it is not in the Constitution. Therefore, it's not a constitutional right. And states can decide whatever they want in terms of whether or not the woman has a right to choose on whether to to carry a pregnancy to term. Tricia, when the story broke this week, American Senator Elizabeth Warren, very, very emotional. Her voice was shaking, saying that she's never been so angry, reminding the public, reminding reporters again that 69% of Americans are against overturning the abortion legislation. She was angry. How do you feel about it, Tricia? Uh, You know, I think like a lot of women of my generation who um, grew up under Roe v. Wade, knowing that it was the law of the land, uh, this is this is really devastating news. Um, I think, in particular, um, though, you know, we have to think about who is this really affecting? Um, who disproportionately gets abortion in the U.S.? It's poor women. It's women of color. It's women in their twenties with another child. This is really going to disproportionately fall onto um, poor women and women of color because, look, we know that. People with means will be able to um, find access to, um, to not just abortion services, but also things like contraception. When, if, if and when this does become, uh, if and when Roe is overturned, 26 states are immediately poised to um, enact legislation. I mean, that legislation is already drawn up that will um, restrict and outlaw abortion. What that means is it's closing off access to, um, to women in, in these states 
And if you look at the states where this is going to happen, it's like a map of red and blue states. This is happening in red states. Um, people so will red, go, sorry, red states being more Republican Repu- more controlled Republican, and blue states yeah. Democrat controlled. Yeah. yeah. Carry on. Mm-hmm. And so today, on average, um, people have access to um, abortion services um, within about 35 miles of their homes. This will go to over 200. So um, in, a, in addition to outlawing it in, in states, it will make it much more onerous for women to find those services. Yeah. Uh, thanks, uh, Trish, for that overview uh, from your perspective. Steve, uh, is this is this actually a done deal? Is there a chance that because it's been released now and people are getting up in arms and things, is there a chance that it will not come to pass? I mean, there's there's a slight pass, but this is something that that certain Republicans and certainly the conservative Republicans have been building up for a decade or more. They have had as a litmus test to put somebody onto the Supreme Court whether or not they would overturn Roe v. Wade. So there are uh, clearly five justices who are initially inclined to overturn Roe. Um, so I think the presumption is is that this is this is going to happen because this is not coming out of the blue. This is something that has been the systematic goal of, of the Republicans. Donald Trump explicitly said he would only appoint judges to the Supreme Court who would overturn Roe v. Wade. He, he appointed three of them. And so now you have to presume this is going to happen. And states are ready. They have what they call trigger laws, right? So states say as soon as Roe is overturned, our, abortion, our, our, our anti-abortion laws immediately go into effect. So this could happen in the next couple months. And there's about a dozen states that have laws so extreme that if you are a woman and you are raped, you become a criminal if you abort the, the fetus because you were raped. You become a criminal if you are a woman or a girl who has been uh, been in an incestuous relationship. You become a criminal if you have incest. There's about a dozen states that have an absolute ban on abortion for any means whatsoever. And that is something that is going to really radicalize uh, a lot of mm. the country because only about 12 percent of the country is in favor of, of those types of laws. Um, and that's where we're headed. And we have to presume that that's going to happen. Maybe there'll be a change, Glenn. Maybe one of those five justices will will soften the ruling and only restrict abortion to, let's say, what the Mississippi law does, which is 15 weeks. You can't have an abortion after 15 weeks of 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 uh, you know of of the time of conception. But it doesn't appear that's going to happen. Yeah. And Tricia, following up on that, there is a concern that this is not the end. This is only the beginning, as Steve alludes to. Then. There will be a new drive to remove exemptions from bans such as for rape or incest and possibly LGBTQ rights may be targeted. In other words, this, for some, this is seen to be the beginning of something. What, what do you feel about that? And should we be concerned? We should be very concerned. Um, you know, I think this is, uh, as Steve sort of um, alludes to, this is an attack on women's rights, on gender equality, but I think it does go farther than that. One of the things that we see is that in attacks on um, the right to choose, there is a sort of panoply of funders, um, you know, politicians uh, who who want to roll back um, all kinds of social provisions and all kinds of laws, including gay marriage, uh, including uh, sort of trans rights, things like that. And and I think that 
we should not be we should not take comfort in you know what has been leaked uh, with Alita's uh, ruling saying that you know this is only about abortion it's not about anything else. I think everyone believes that um, that this is that this is something that is uh, coming for a broader swath of uh, of rights that Americans have enjoyed. And when you talk about uh, you know only 12 percent of Americans look at um, total, absolute, no exceptions, uh, ban on abortion. One of the things I think it's important to point out is, you know, this really goes to the polarization in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we talked about, you know, the, the Republican-Democratic divide uh, in terms of these trigger laws. Well, if you look at the sort of total um, bans, it's very different, right? Only 4% of Democrats believe that, whereas 20% of Republicans are in favor of the absolute ban. And when you think about where that puts the U.S. in kind of global perspective, yeah. in most, you know, in, our, in, our, in the countries that we typically associate ourselves with, right, the, the Western um, advanced democracies, um, you know, it, again, it is becoming like blue America, democratic America is more similar to that. And the sort of red America is really careening towards the more sort of authoritarian um, uh, sort of cluster, if you will. Yeah. And Steve, there are international consequences to consider here, aren't they? I mean, this is not just about the symbolic power of overturning abortions in the world's biggest superpower. There are anti-abortion groups within the US who have long been spreading this message abroad. I was reading that $280 million of so-called dark money from American religious organizations have been supporting campaigns internationally to restrict abortion in Africa, Latin America, and South and West Asia. So this has international ramifications as well, Steve, does it not? It does. It is actually already having implications now on, on U.S. abortion policy. I want to answer, I just want to build on your, your first question, answer your second question. Right. So what the, the, the Justice Alito, who's, who's drafted the the you know, majority opinion um, that's being considered right now, right? He said the only what we call in the U.S. substantive due process rights under the 14th Amendment, they must be deeply rooted uh, in U.S. history and tradition, right? And so when you look at contraception, that's not deeply rooted in U.S. history and, 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 and tradition. Certainly when you look at, at same-sex marriage, um, that is not deeply rooted in U.S. history and tradition. So all of those mm-hmm. rights could go away under the same legal analysis that, that Justice Alito says that the, the right for a woman to control her reproductive uh, rights at some point goes away. Um, and what you've had in the U.S. for years is a ban on U.S. federal money and U.S. government money being used um, either in the U.S. or overseas uh, when it comes uh, to, to uh, you know, abortion. And so what's happening in Ukraine right now is that you've had Russian soldiers raping Ukrainian women, and American money cannot support that um, when it comes to having an abortion because they were raped by a, a Russian soldier. So that's already existing under, under the restrictions in U.S. foreign policy. And when the U.S. starts to roll back, rights. And I think Tricia knows, you know, how, how unique an outlier here uh, the United States is. Certainly other countries could follow. 
Yeah. Uh, we will come back and revisit this topic with you both uh, in June or so when this is expected to actually happen, and we'll see what further uh, responses there may be. Um, just briefly, we need to f- close out the segment, but uh, I, I do want to um, preview what's happening this week with the, uh, the, the ASEAN summit that's going to happen uh, in the U.S. Uh, Joe Biden is going to be hosting it, I believe. And, and Steve, just can, kind of give us an overview of the importance of this. It's going to be, I believe, next uh, Thursday and Friday. No, next uh, Wednesday. It's 12th Sorry. and the 13th. 12th and 13th. Thursday and Friday. Yeah, a week from yeah. uh, next week. What are we expecting to come out of that from the U.S. perspective, from the ASEAN perspective in general? Well, I mean, look, this is a, an extremely critical time for, for President Biden to offer an, uh, a regional alternative to China. If you think about how important ASEAN is, uh, now it's, it's never been more important in geopolitical relationships because if you go back to the, you know, the U.S. Soviet Cold War, uh, the Soviets didn't really care about Southeast Asia. Um, right. but when, and so therefore there wasn't any competition here, but China really cares about Southeast Asia. The United States really cares about Southeast Asia. China is very engaged. Uh, in the region. Um, it's doing it through trade deals, such as, you know, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, to which it's a member with all 10 ASEAN, um, ASEAN members that the United States isn't a part of. Uh, it does it through trade. Uh, there's more trade, maybe almost nearly double the trade between ASEAN and China as there is between ASEAN and the United States. So President Biden after, you know, years of, of neglect when it comes to regional integration, has to offer some type of framework um, mm. that has particulars on how the U.S. is going to engage with Azam. This is his chance uh, to do it. And so let's watch and see what concrete actions are taken as opposed to just, you know, platitudes like, like saying, you know, we're going to have an Indo-Pacific economic framework of which Southeast Asia is going to be a part of, right. um, but not go into any detail. Yeah. I mean, Tricia, I mean, this is putting you on the spot here, but as someone who's based in this part of the world, what are some of the issues that you would like to see U.S. and ASEAN discuss and tackle moving forward? Uh, I think a couple of the issues are, um, I mean, uh, obviously, obviously the trade issues, but I think they have a chance to uh, to talk about Myanmar, which I think um, in this region uh, is extremely important. Um, and I think, um, you know, the um, issues around the South China Sea, I think, uh, certainly affect ASEAN, and that has to be on the agenda. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, Steve Oaken, uh, Senior Advisor at McClarty Associates, and Tricia Craig, Vice President for Engagement and Senior Lecturer in Social Sciences at Yale and U.S. Thanks to you both for being with us today. Well, and hope to see you next week. <laughs> so do we, my yeah. friend. So yeah. do we. <laughs> All right. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.